We're live. What's going on, everybody? You already know what we're doing. It's the Nooner Nation podcast for Nooners by Nooners. I'm joined tonight by a very special guest. The, uh, what is it, co-host? Tri-host? Tri-host, maybe. Tri-host. Jake <laughs> yeah. Goldman. Uh, you, If you guys know uh, softcore history, you've seen his face. He looks uh, a bit more well-kempt tonight than usual. Sans mustache. Uh, no... <laughs> No, uh, you know, Florida high school coach visor on tonight. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had to clean it up a little bit today. I, uh, I am uh, notoriously unemployed currently, so I'm on the uh, job hunt going out to interviews. So, yeah, 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 which is why I thought, great time to have you on. I hit you up and said, hey, since you're an unemployed piece of shit living off the government, like you should have nothing better to do. You know, yeah, man, the great state of Texas pays my wages, so I'm happy to be here on their dime tonight. Yeah, thank you, Texas. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> yeah, wheelchair, Greg Abbott. Oh, what a, man. But you're, uh, I think, I was actually talking to my wife about this right before we got on, was um, you're originally from Ocala, Florida, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. My, uh, my wife's grandmother and like her family all live in Ocala, Florida. Yep. Everyone's <laughs> grandma lives there, dude. Uh, does she live in the villages? I don't I don't think so. I've been to her house okay. once and she kind of lives in an older house that's been added onto like over and over and over again by like, you know, off of some, you know, swampy Florida pond, you know, oh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Which Trust like, me, dude. Which my wife was like, oh yeah, growing up is like, don't go near the water. Kind of thing. So. Oh yeah, there's gators, dude. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from Ocala. Um, my whole family's been there for over 100 years. My dad's got a little mom and pop store that's been around since like 1895. Um, it's a appliance store now. But yeah, I grew up there my whole life, um, Central Florida, then went to school up in Gainesville. So that's yeah. a 20 minute drive from Ocala. So right. yeah, the, the swamp, man. Yeah. yeah what's um. What's the the road that runs? Because I grew up uh, kind of in the Asheville, North Carolina area. Yeah. And then my wife's family, like Ocala, but her dad lived in Tampa until very recently. And oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we'd come down like 95, and then there's some highway that runs across the state through Gainesville, and it's like the biggest speed trap I've ever been on in my plant. Like, it's like three. Like, 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 is this 301? Could be. Yeah, like, no. So it's funny you mentioned that. There's a there's a town in between that 301 is connected to 441, and um, God, I, I can't remember the U.S. number anymore. It's been a while since I lived there, but it's like three different highways that all kind of converge through Gainesville and yeah. split up down there. But 301, there's this town called Waldo. You can look this up. They had the most um, speed limit changes in a mile yeah. stretch. Yep, and that's it. But like, this is a town that has 300 people in it, and their cops were rolling around in like basically Batmobile looking cars. Dude, yeah. it was insane. They were, they were like, they had to get. I think it's the only time Internal Affairs has actually done its job. They were like, no, these guys are totally just capping out here right now. It's yeah. crazy. They bust. Yeah. They literally let go of every single person because there was an intentional speed trap placed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I would have been 2012, maybe. It's been years ago. It was when we were still living in North Carolina. And uh, my father-in-law was getting remarried. 
in Clearwater. And okay. I was still in school and working like a job and stuff. So after class let out, like my wife loaded up and drove from Asheville to Tampa, like overnight. And I just remember that highway, like off of Jacksonville, yeah. you turn west and seeing all these signs, like warn, like people rented out billboards, like yeah, warning, warn spill, speed trap ahead. And like, Three billboards you know, outside of Waldo, like, dude. Be, yeah, <laughs> like beware of, yeah, like Waldo PD is watching you or something. And I was like, yeah. what in the world? Next thing you know, it's like, oh, you're doing like 65. And also I was like, 55, 45, 25. Like, what in the world? Again, yeah. yeah. Like, what crazy. in the world is this? Yeah. yeah. It was nuts. And there was also a lot of Tebow, uh, Tebow billboards. And he had been, oh. he'd been out of Gainesville for a couple of years at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's funny. We do definitely in central Florida. It's uh, like, obviously university of Florida is a big, brand as far as sports are concerned and there's a large alumni network but when you're there and in the surrounding towns it still has that kind of like high school football feel where like instead of like you know people with signs for their like senior kid in their front yard Mm. on the football team it's like tim's got a billboard over here you know it's still the same vibe it's just a little bit larger in scale right yeah so what uh what took you to austin yeah so um that story is uh, pretty, it, it's kind of canvassed around the 2008 housing crisis. In a way. Okay. So I, I was graduating in 2013 in central Florida. The economy really still hadn't recovered yet. And uh, when I was in college, I worked, uh, I would get beer money basically writing for this website called Total Frat Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob and Dan were both on yep. it. You're my dog. There's some yep. pizza kind of like- Nice. <laughs> yeah. So sorry about that you're fine but uh yeah so um i was one of the first remote writers for that website i think me and another buddy that were and we were both in the same fraternity writing for them and then um rob came on a little later as a remote writer and then joined the team really quickly because he was already out of school but um i i just wanted to get out of the same 40 square miles i was living in my whole life i wanted to kind of blaze my own trail you know yeah 21 full of just pride. So I'm like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Joe got a job with TFM right out the gate. He was a lot more involved in kind of working for them on the e-commerce side from college. Whereas I was just like kind of doing, uh, what do you want to call it? Just like freelance writing. Right. So I just grabbed a job in Austin. It was like at a call center. I think I was making like 125 calls a day for about three months, but it was always with the intention to jump on there at uh, Brand X and, yeah, so I worked like three months in call center, and then I got offered the job at yeah. TFM to do their customer service in their e-commerce department. So, and yeah, that, I mean that's kind of like where it all starts with like me, Rob, and Dan. For yeah. Sure. So, yeah, man. Um, you know, <laughs> actually, my first my first interview in Austin, my only interview in Austin, like because it's hard to interview in Austin when you live in Gainesville and you have no yeah. money. Oh yeah. My mom buys me a flight out to Austin so I can go interview at this call center. And uh, I do the first interview and then I hit up Rob. I'm like, hey, man, like I'm in town. You want to like go do something? And he's like, yeah, let's uh, let's go hit up. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been here. It's a college bar near campus called Cane and Abel's. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's go to Cane and Abel's. It's $5 twisted tea night. And I'm thinking like the, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like the, the yeah. Hard- the one that that dude smashed that white kid over the face with in that viral <laughs> yes, video. Yes. 
gas station. Yeah. No, I'm thinking like, is Rob taking me like a Mike's Hard Lemonade bar special? Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is basically just like a giant mason jar full of Long Island iced tea. And so we slam like a couple of those back. I have a follow-up interview the next day um, at 9.30 in the morning. We end up running into this like UT football player that was familiar with our content. He's like, I know you. And he's like talking to Rob and Rob's like, dude, I don't know who this guy is. He's like, no, TFM. He's like, oh, okay. So we end up going out until like, he's a UT football player. So he's allowed to stay in the bar. So we're out until like four in the morning. Right. And I, I drank, I, I'm pretty sure I drank a little mouthwash and used about a half a vial of Visine to make sure I made it through that second interview, but I ended, ended up getting the job. But yeah, man, he, he got me lit the first night in Austin that I was there. Yeah. He can party. Yeah. I mean, well, it makes sense because the first night I was ever in Austin, me and Rob got pretty torched at, like for the Super Bowl, not this past one, the one before that. Right. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I think we ended up after that, they like drinking bros had a huge, you know, live show. And, uh, after that, we all went down to six and like, I've been to Austin twice now. And literally the yeah. only places I've been is, uh, old Dorf street to the studio <laughs> right. for the studio is, and, yeah. and Sixth street, you know, other than like the Airbnb that I've stayed at, you know? And, uh, and actually, the first time I ever stayed in Austin, I stayed in those. My Airbnb was in those, uh, like townhouses behind the studio. Sorry, man. <laughs> I, I got all the pizza delivery. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So you're. Uh, I'll stay. Like, if you go behind the studio, like if you're facing outwards from the back door, those townhouses to the right beside the like soccer field. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like the first place I stayed there. Didn't even think anything about it. And then uh, when I came back and I was telling people about it, everybody's like, oof, like you stayed there, like right near the studio? <laughs> yeah, dude. And, that's uh, for like the rest of the week I was there, like Dan Holloway would like walk me back to my Airbnb every night. What a gentleman. Yeah. That's actually, that's a stand-up move because that is not a safe area. <laughs> I didn't know a clue. Like, And then somebody was like, the Airbnb was nice for what it was. And uh, yeah. But somebody else was like, yeah, we stayed there like last time we were in town. And on the back of the door, like this laminated sheet that was like, do not speak to anybody in this complex. Do not yeah. tell them where they where you're going. Do not tell them when you're going to get back. Like, don't tell them which car is your rental car. I was like, really? I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, that spot. That's an interesting spot, too, because it's just uh, south of Riverside as well, uh, which is just like the next main big road yeah. north of Old Earth. I had a buddy that lived over there and there's like a, a couple concert venues over there. But, uh, yeah, we were, we were saying probably, God, this is probably like five years ago now or six it's time flies. But yeah, like every time I'd go over to his place, there'd be the same guy by the apartment gate offering his crack. And it's like, yeah, catch me at three in the morning, dude. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe you get me maybe. out of the yeah. but, but yeah, I, was, you see me all the time. It was a fun night, but yeah, I definitely got way too wrecked. And then, uh, the next day, like the Monday after the Super Bowl, uh, like me, Rob, and then um, another kind of like drinking bro nooner fan, uh, Bayou Brook, kind of all show up at the studio at the same time. And all of us just looked like we're on death's door. And all three of us just like beelined it into the kitchen, 
grabbed a drink, like just shotgun yeah. and beers, like enough of this. Like we're just going to yeah. keep it going. Just postpone that hangover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, man, for sure. I've definitely been there with Rob before. Um, also, Rob, like you mentioned, it, probably shows a hangover harder than anyone else in the world. <laughs> like it's so easy. It's always so. I, so I lived with, uh, I lived with Rob for the first two years I was in Austin. Um, it was like me, Rob, and uh, this guy Joe. This is a buddy of mine, and we lived in this apartment that maybe had it had two couches for sitting a coffee table and then a dining table with no chairs and that was it <laughs> it was just like my mattress on the floor and yeah. the other guy's mattress. sounds like, like three uh, guys living together to be honest yeah. yeah it's like this is a sleep box basically yeah. like, no crash pad yeah no one we're bringing home here is gonna like want to come back <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's funny enough though i actually um my now wife moved into the apartment above ours oh, okay I knew her from back home. Um, she actually dated one of my fraternity brothers, but uh, like she moved to Austin and was like, I don't know anyone here. Like, do you want to take me out? Or like, do you, can you show me around? Like, just show me some stuff. I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And you know, we were only friends at that point. And I was like, let me pick you up. Where are you at? And she listed the, the address. I was like, that's where I live. I was like, where are you? And it's like, oh, you live above me. Like, oh, the, yeah. You're like an adult bunk bed, yeah. basically. And then you're, apart. you're probably like, oh, that's sweet. And then you started probably panicking, like, oh, shit. What has she heard us doing down here? Yeah, right. Yeah, man. It was, that, was a, that was a pretty wild spot, too. There was um, a shady-ass, like, Coke ecstasy dealer kind of guy that lived in the next apartment over. Nice. And, like, Perfect. I, was over. I mean, yeah, I was 23. Rob was 48 at the time. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but yeah, we were all just like in our twenties, just like, eh, well, let's go see whatever. What's over Living yeah. in Austin while it was still weird before it blown up. The uh, speaking of blowing up, the live chat's blowing up over your gold watch. Are you wearing a gold watch? I didn't even notice. Uh, I'm not. Oh. I'm not wearing a gold watch. Huh. Um, I have a gold watch. Uh, Maybe they're talking about you on a soft core wearing a gold watch or something. But yeah, it's it's this old. Uh, they did a reissue of these like Timex watches, I oh, yeah. guess, like the the stretchy like gaudy oh, yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Ross at Drinking Bros was into those, and uh, some milestone for the show, he went and bought one. And uh, I do like screen printing as like a side hustle, so I yeah, made yeah. shirts. I made shirts for the Nooners that was like that watch on the back, and like the digital thing said Nooners. It was last, oh, no way. yeah, and it was last summer during the whole uh, like AMC stock boost thing, the stonks. Oh, yeah. So it had like nooners and like big digital letters, and underneath it, it said Stonk Boy Summer. Oh, nice, dude! So, that was that was yeah. the most fun I had during the inside times. Yeah, <laughs> what I call it. I don't know. Like, yeah, a year later, the stock market not so much fun. No, uh, chickens roosting, yeah. something, something, you know, oh, I don't know, whatever. So before you yeah. came on, you were talking about something like, uh, you thought eugenics could solve a lot of the world's problems. Do you want to elaborate on that? Oh, yeah, no, dude. Um, that's the thing, you know, I mean, when you're right, you're right. And you just got to force it. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I'm just fucking yeah. with you. No, I know. bro. <laughs> oh, I know. I was uh, like, I was in the cars for some reason that like popped in my head. I was like. That'd be funny, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, all good. Uh, 
as we know, Helen Keller, big eugenics fan. Yeah. And apparently per my last episode I did, I was talking about urban legends and, uh, Walt Disney's head being frozen. Dude, I think that's real. And, uh, somebody like people in the chat were lighting up about how he was real big into eugenics as well. Oh, he was a big Hitler fan. I knew he, I knew he was like a, a, a Hitler fan and a, a sympathizer of the party before publicly before it all went crazy, you know, but, uh, sure. And that's something that people don't realize too. Like, um, I'll get a little history buff here. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people really did before it got nuts. Like a lot of people did adore fascism for, I mean, the trains run on time, right? Like Mussolini, Hey, shit's working. And you got to think about that time period too. And there was, so much turmoil economically it's not crazy for people to get locked into a more intense ideology when they're suffering economically. right oh yeah it's it's what happens it's a natural human course of events um obviously it's a little different now (laughs) like like, hey man you can still be efficient and not murder people that's probably oh yeah not good (laughs) but um yeah no man it's interesting though like yeah disney uh you mentioned that big big hitler fan when it was about you know getting things done quickly and efficiently into role. But also uh, there's this fun conspiracy theory that they invented the movie frozen. Yeah. So as like a, as like a kind of like nod and a wink to people like, yeah, he's frozen. Well, also as a way to bump down all the rumors of his frozen head through SEO marketing. So like if you Mm. search frozen head, what comes up? frozen like just to kind of like get that out of the public dialogue i guess like that's mm-hmm. a way to bump it. that's one of the theories I we, heard. we I may was... we may have said too much already yeah What's good, that? good thing this is live good thing this There's is live yeah. 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 so but yeah so on top of everything you uh co-host tri-host softcore history i love the show i had uh i i had list i was thinking about this I was kind of typing up some notes for this, and uh, I'd listened to a few shows, uh, like on audio, and I really got into it when I was in Austin. I sat in on uh, yeah. one of your episodes, and it was, uh, I can't, I want to say it was one of yours, but it may have been Rob's, because it was um, the episode about the guy, and I'm not a baseball dude, but the dude who, I know the story, the dude who hit the no-hitter while on acid. Oh. Yeah, no, so he pitched no hitter. Is Doc Ellis? Yeah, that was yeah. my episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love Doc Ellis, uh, Pittsburgh Pirate. Like the story, everyone like kind of poo poos on it because they're like, you can't prove he was on LSD. It's like, man, no one can prove anyone's on LSD, but everyone said he's throwing errant pitches and like throwing it into the stands on accident. He wasn't like throwing well. He was just right. throwing perfect from right. a technical point of view. Right. Um, but yeah, no, man, uh, that's, I, I love getting into that kind of stuff, like counterculture, uh, cults, yeah. uh, almost just kind of like bizarre history in a way. I, I think we all do really, uh, there's so much that's just not talked about, you know, if you follow basic history cl- curriculum, you're going to learn a lot, but you're going to miss a lot too. There's a lot of just weird stories that are out there and that's kind of oh, yeah. where we come in. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh. No, even if the guy wasn't on LSD, like who cares? It's a it's it's a fun story, right? You know, like I think he probably yeah. was. I don't see any benefit of him making that up. 
right? right? Exactly. It's if like, he, if, he, if he was really worried about it, like if you yeah. just pitched a no hitter, you wouldn't be like, you know, I was on LSD the whole time. You'd be like, yeah, I just pitched a no hitter. Like, what do you want? You know? Exactly. You wouldn't. It's already quite the accomplishment. You don't need to bolster it with being on acid. <laughs> One, be- I think it's funny that on uh, a pit on a lineup, his name would be LSD. Yeah. Which uh, is hilarious to me. But yeah. uh, also, uh, yeah, man, he claimed that he did an interview on it. I don't think they have footage of it for like, I think they got rid of the footage of it. But like, from what I've heard, he was just chucking it at like people between first and home, like on accident. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, it'd be like, um, like you nailing a job interview and they'd be like, well, you got the job. Like, well, that's awesome. I've been on ecstasy this entire time. You know, like, why would you say that? You're like, what the yeah. fuck? You know. So, so how did, how did how did the show get started? I know you guys have brushed in it, like brushed on it on the show before, but for people that maybe are listening to this show that don't know you guys, like, how did yeah. it start? So, um, I mean, I can take it back a little bit to just to give a little bit more context mm-hmm. of like me, Dan, and Rob's working relationship. So we all worked at Grand X. And um, they started dabbling in the idea of podcasts, but no one wanted to jump on it. So like Rob hit me up. He's like, yo, man, do you want to do the first TFM podcast with me and this other guy? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So me and Rob and this one other dude were doing it for a while. And then um, this guy dropped out and like Dan started jumping on. And there was just quickly like a really good dynamic there. And then, um, you know, we were doing really well. We had uh, probably like for like early adopter of podcasts, we had about like 10,000 listens a week. You know, we oh, were wow. doing pretty well, like for a medium that wasn't really being explored that much. I think it was like 2015, 16. Okay. I mean, you know, like Joe Rogan was there and there were some other big players for sure. Like oh, I'm Stuart. sure you had like Rogan, you probably had YMH and you know, those people, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, uh, Rob ended up getting let go and it, like, Dan had previously been let go. It's weird how mm-hmm. this comes out. But like, so Dan got let go, and someone else was. We were alternating two guys, and then Rob got let go, and they brought Dan back to Grand X. So I was still there the whole time. So we brought Dan back on the show. But yeah, me and Dan and Rob have always just had a good working relationship with, like, not just working. I shouldn't say that either. They're two of my really good friends. But um, you know, we have good. Uh, rapport i guess you would call it just like we're able to work with each other really well and huh. our personalities are pretty different i, I mean it's the, the, two, the two of them got into a little uh lover spat today on a on oh. ross patterson revolution it was funny it was they, hilarious they, they do it for sure and depending on the two you pick out there will be an argument like yeah. oh yeah it was, it was, i think the two of them obviously know what they're doing i think they're playing it up a bit but it was funny oh, for sure. sure i think Dan, uh Dan will. Damn yeah. well too. Uh, Rob Rob was giving Dan shit about like how he should instead of just like fucking around with cryptocurrency, like invest in a down payment on a house like an adult, and then <laughs> and then Dan was saying like, yeah, uh, Rob's such an adult because he'll go get fucked up on ranch waters while his kid, like his wife's putting his kid at home, <laughs> like put his kid down to bed at home. So yeah, I mean they're both. Speaking of speaking ranch waters, I picked these up in homage oh, of a. Uh, you know, having you on the show, so. Oh yeah, man! I I see multiple cans of those get put down by Rob every night. Um, not every night, every time I need to do a, a show. 
But uh, yeah, man. So we were just uh, kind of all vibing, and once we had all at one, at a certain point or another, we all exited Grand X for one reason or another. Uh, Rob got let go. I got laid off. Dan got fired twice. Like it was right. all just, and that's kind of the the unfortunate thing about um, content led e-commerce, right? It's, right. You gotta. It dep- it, there's so many variables. Like, I mean, we had an issue with inventory where that was a hole we could never dig out of. Yep. And that's you know, e-commerce funding the content side, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff I can get into. I, I, I won't yeah, worry. the 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 inventory stuff actually. Uh, Rob's been on the show before, and he kind of credits TFM's downfall to being a little overconfident on their like inventory yeah. spend and things like that. So. I never signed an NDA, so I can talk about it for a minute if you're interested. Sure, but go yeah, for it. So I was uh, the director of fulfillment at the time where the issue started. So I was handling like the uh, outbound fulfillment of all. We, we had a wholesale arm to right. do where we were on the like, you know, anyone from like, um, you know, like a mom and pop surf shop mm-hmm. to dealer. So were, and, were you guys printing like in house then? No, we weren't printing in house. We were um, sourcing overseas some of it was nicaragua some of it was okay. you know Asia. right but there's a longshoreman strike in 2015 in california that backed up i mean it, it was costing 100 i think it was like hundreds of millions of dollars a day in um, lost revenue and we were a victim of that basically we had a whole season's worth of wholesale orders sitting on a ship so oh, yeah. we could and then as you get further into this i mean i, I want to say this lesson like a month or two maybe right i don't know that it's been a while but like yeah man when but by the time you got those tank tops it was like november and nobody wanted it was them november but it was like it was like we're not paying you for the there's drop dead day on wholesalers mm-hmm. there's like a cancel where they can they have no obligation to pay you anymore right so all that best you know you you get those orders in late fall to get produced in spring like spring yeah. launch time and you've sunk that money into it and then you have all these cancellations so now you're just along on everything you have to try and find a way to sell it through direct to customer right it's a nightmare it, it, it's a huge logistical nightmare you don't get to highlight the things you want to anymore because you're so focused on getting rid of this dead inventory because inventory yep. that sits leads money right yep. yeah you, you get it and oh yeah i know i know your background is a little, you know, a little bit of your background in screen printing and yep. e-com and stuff like that so it's it's the biggest bane to anyone yep having something sit on a shelf. Yep. So yeah, we, I, I honestly think that was the biggest um, kind of slash in the ankle. And then there was just other things too. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here's what it is. So you guys uh, approach quickly approaching your 100th episode, which is pretty exciting. Like, what uh, episode are you even on? I don't even know, man. Uh, I, I looked have... it up. I think 92. Shit, that's crazy. On, on YouTube, you guys have also since launched a Patreon that seems you guys have some real fun content on there. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and yeah, we're it's it's really nuts to even hear that out loud that we're approaching 92 or we're approaching 100 like that. Uh, so to answer your question originally, how it all started, after we all left Grand X, we still want to do creative stuff together. So first we started on a little comedy album. I don't know if Rob mentioned that. Uh, there is a comedy album with me, Robin Dan yeah. on it. Yeah, I've I've heard about it. I can't remember if you mentioned it on the show or not, or if I've just heard yeah. you guys talking about it. But yeah, go on. I, I don't ask anyone to go look for it. It's 
we recorded it's called spare bedroom we recorded it in the spare bedroom it's pretty shoddy but there's some funny stuff on it if you're interested but i wouldn't be and then we started a college football podcast for a little bit right you know, saturated market on earth that's not what we're trying to do and we realized during all of this stuff we were just talking about and arguing about history right the entire time like anytime we weren't recording we were talking about just weird shit we've learned and arguing about like a war like a punic war or something like right. that you know and it's like why aren't we talking about the things we like talking about when we're not recording and so that's yeah. kind of dan came up with the idea he was like why don't we just do this yeah and that was it i mean it, it really was we kind of had the equipment already we recorded it in rob's closet um at the time so yeah it was three dudes sitting in a walk-in closet because it had a good acoustic backdrop i guess and we were just recording about i think the first episode the first episode was william walker dan's topic mm-hmm. and if you don't know about him go yeah. to the first episode and check it out man and he was the uh, president of lower baja california and nicaragua for a while. yeah yeah i think you guys recently revisited him on your patreon as well yeah right? yeah no we we did revisit him on the patreon because uh Dan wanted to give it a little bit more juice and justice than when we were first trying to just get episodes in. But uh, yeah, we do. We actually, my favorite thing we do on the Patreon is we do a game show with uh, Coop and Joel from yep. Icon of Black, where me and Rob face off versus Coop and Joel in a trivia contest on history. Yep. And Dan hosts it and he tips the scale for Coop and Joel the entire time. It's so, like yeah. everything much harder for us. And I, I will go to my grave saying we lock. I don't want to give away too much, but we're one in one right now. I won't tell you which mm-hmm. episode you're interested in getting on the Patreon, but the one we lost was bullshit. Yeah. I'll go my These yeah. guys are great. Though. I love Cuban Joel. Yeah, the uh, the most recent one I was watching at my desk and was literally just like crying laughing because of just how ridiculous Dan was making the entire thing. There were questions that, like, after he's like, yeah, I admit there wasn't an actual answer for that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's very open-ended <laughs> answer. Like, what are you talking like, Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions was, uh, which which two states don't have an NCAA team? And it's like, <laughs> what do you, do you mean D1? He's like, NCAA, NCAA. team. Like, basketball, football? Like, tell us. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, yeah. I He's like, I don't fucking know. I'm just reading off this <laughs> yeah, thing. Like, I, he hit the well, dude. We, he didn't expect. To be fair, me and Rob sucked it up for a while on that one. We got overcocked. Yeah, careless. So, uh, in the live chat, Davey's asking, uh, "Which fraternity house were you in?" <laughs> um, I was in Phi Kappa Tau at the University of Florida. Phi Tau. We were, uh, if you're familiar with it, from UF. Uh, it was behind the ATO house and right by the Phi Tau house. All right. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he went to if I remember correctly earlier in one of the uh drinking bros shows he was talking about fraternities with Bob. I think he went to mm-hmm. South Dakota State or, or not South Dakota State. San Diego State. I saw SDSU uh-huh. I was like Aztecs. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean the one thing you can also get us arguing about constantly, us three, is probably college football. Well I was gonna uh, say you guys did a college football podcast and transitioned from that, transitioned into history. Yeah. But the college football bleeds into the history show occasionally, I've noticed, yeah. Around fall, especially, we try not to do it, but we just can't help ourselves because we're just gluttons for that content. I mean, I have two subscriptions to recruiting services, like <laughs> message boards. And like I read 
teams that I don't even care about message boards. Like I love college football from recruiting to gameplay and like organization and stuff. So I actually, if you were listening to the, uh, the national championship game between Georgia and Alabama, I popped in there a couple times. I was there for the live show. Oh was, yeah. Yeah. Just like, they were like, yo, come on over. So anytime those guys are willing to give me a shout and invite, cause like my working capacity is a little different than everyone else's for, um, their employment at tetherball. Right. Right. I, I work separate. Um, I manage the podcast and stuff, but yeah, no, it, it, it's a really welcoming group of people. Um, I, I love going over there. I've never had like a negative experience with anybody at right. the studio. Everyone's so welcoming. And I, I feel like a lot of people, I'm sure like, obviously this is a podcast full of fans. Like you guys, right. get oh, yeah. when you experience it in person, it's, it's just, you know, some of the topics that people talk about on the different shows, they're intense and like the debate can be really intense and stuff oh, yeah. like that. But I think every single person there is just, it's full of kind people. Really. Oh, yeah. Like they're genuinely good, hard folks. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even their political stances, like they're not dicks to other people about them at all, no. you know, no. and they don't I mean, care, you know. Dan jokes about how I'm like the liberal cuck of the podcast. I'm, pretty independent but you know okay. it's he just likes to rid me but yeah no i mean like i can have an honest earnest conversation with yeah. these guys it's it's not just non-starter bullshit you know where it's like oh bam all guns or, uh, right yeah know? yeah they had it's, a it's, they had a show about that today about like you know even dan Holloway or dan holloway who i mean you met him that guy's got at least one gun on him constantly <laughs> yeah you know, he was he was harping on the do not infringe people. Like, what are you talking about? You know, this is you can have nuanced conversations with other people. So well, that's something too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as much as people, as much as people love to just make like single issue things so black and white. I mean, single issue voting in it of itself is a very reductive way of looking at how government should work or anything like that. I mean, you know, a little background to you. I, I was a political science major. So like I, I, I've worked political campaigns and stuff like that. I was on a Romney campaign in 2012. Um, but you know, like it's, it's not, you're going to cherry pick some stuff from different ethos right? right like, yeah. you're gonna, you have to make your own decisions for yourself and take in as much information as possible. We were actually talking about this uh, just on Instagram chat the other day about like how academia inherently isn't bad or flawed but it's right. like the self-preservation of academia right. as an elite kind of thing is where the flaw is right like oh yeah yeah and we can go all day about like yeah i mean politics has become a team sport and that's all like you said it's a, it's, a, it's the people promoting it is they're doing it and for their own self-preservation so yeah. Oh, totally. It's it's all about just power play and stuff like that. It's like eh, I don't have time for it. I'm yeah. trying to have like those conversations with yeah. people. I'm just trying, like, honestly, I'm just trying to like I've got two kids. I'm trying to move into a new fucking house. You know, like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to like like yeah, I'm just trying to like live my life and do what I want to fucking do without like people being like, oh, you're a gun owner. Like, how does it feel to be a, you know support murder? I'm like, I I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I. Just, like literally dude like there's an entire economy around hunting when you're gonna try and like get rid of that come on yeah let's but, have an honest conversation yeah, yeah. anyway yeah but we're well, so you're you're approaching fast approaching 100 episodes you guys have a big plan for 
episode 100 or is it going to just be another day at the office? I would love to say that we have a big plan. Um, I will probably bring it up uh, next time <laughs> we meet. We always have a meeting on Sunday for our Patreon if we decide to do an episode on Sunday or Tuesday for recording. But yeah, I'll bring it up probably because we get so in the weeds sometimes with just like our planning our own episodes because there is a lot of like background you have to do to be able to produce an hour of content on a historical topic. Oh yeah. So we'll all kind of just like bury our heads in our topics a little bit. We kind of forget. It's like, shit, man, like we're coming up on a hundred and then in a couple months we'll be like, we're coming up on two years of doing this. Like let's So, like, for instance, we, the first time we ever did anything to celebrate, like even having an ounce of success was like a week ago. Yeah. I've got that. You went to Lonesome Dove. Yeah. Which I've never heard of, but I'm assuming is an incredibly nice place in Austin. It's a, it's a very meat centric restaurant. Yeah. So it's, their whole thing is about like locally sourced, like it's just the best meat you've ever had in your life, but it's not just like cow and pork. It's like elk mm-hmm. and like they make like rattlesnake quail sausage and stuff like that. They're like a meat, like, yeah. uh, just whatever you want to call it. I don't know. If there's an animal you can eat, they have it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So like, Dan got a 32 ounce like tomahawk yeah. ribeye and something like that. We just like we're like we have not treated ourselves once. Like we've been busting our asses and we kind of had to take a step back. It was part of a bet too. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. No, it was uh, it was nice to like at least take a second to at least look back and be like, damn, like we're making this work. That's a nice thing to feel, you know, especially when you're with your friends, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, great. Yeah, I mean. You're talking about, you know, doing a, a football, college football show and that being an oversaturated market. I mean, now just like podcasts are oversaturated. In a way, yeah. You know, I mean, like I'm doing this, like I don't get the numbers on this show are not anything to write home about. I just love doing it and I do it for the people that listen. And I have incredible interactions with not only like the people that come on the show, like you, but like the fans, like in the live chat or, I even get like DMs from people like, Hey, I don't get in the live chat, but it's fun. Like I get, you know, people interact on Instagram and shit about it. So to have any kind of modicum of monetary success from doing it, I mean, that puts you like, that puts you in a different bracket in the podcast world, right? Like even having like a sponsor or even getting enough, getting enough YouTube subscribers to get monetized on YouTube is an incredible thing. Like it's incredible. It's hard to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, man. It, it takes a lot of busting your ass. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, I mean, um, you know, we're, I think we're all very fortunate that we started in a place that we've carried followers from too. Right. Um, we started with TFM, and some of those people have been like, I've met people that have followed me since like 2014 on Twitter. You know, and it's so weird to think it's like, man, I was 23 years old. You've been following me for almost 10 years of my life on social media. That's nuts. But at the same time, it, there's nothing you can do but just be thankful and be yep. gracious about it. Like, if you're not thankful for any opportunity you have where people are enjoying the content you make, like, oh, yeah. you're missing out. Because oh, those yeah. are the people. That, and another reason I love the the Drinking Bros Network is you're the fans of the network. Or, like, it's not just like they're a great like listener to have. It's they interact and they appreciate like when people interact back. So. Oh yeah, it's a nice environment for like really just like getting to know different people, and I tell you what, man, like some of the most like sincere, nice people I've met have been from the Drinking Bros audience. Oh yeah, it's a 
I'm not I'm not blowing smoke here because I'm on this podcast. Like right. I, I've definitely been in these interactions before. Like I'll tell you what, TFM had a bunch of like rap bros who thought they were too cool to even exist or talk to me, but then they'd be like, "Yo, man, like, follow me on Twitter." Yeah, it's like you know, it's a completely different mindset. Over yeah. There, so oh yeah, it's fun. Cool. It's fun, definitely. That's exactly like yeah. what I was saying uh, off air. I think it's just like that's why I even started this. It's just the fan base for everybody there is so awesome that uh like i was like we we need a voice or like at least something fun we can do yeah. on our own and uh i know you guys gave have given a couple shout outs to uh our girl Gigi. hell yeah and she's actually one of the and I'll, i shout her out all the time i love Gigi. um we're actually pretty close friends at this point but uh she's like one of the biggest inspirations for even starting this show because uh last summer I actually went to the Field of Dreams game with Ross. Yeah. And it's like three and a half hours from my house. I had planned on like just sleeping on the floor in his hotel room that night. So like oh, we we got there like 7.30 in the morning. We're doing interviews. And then we like we went down to like the little town in Iowa, like having beers. Then we went to the game, drinking beers. And the next thing you know, I get a phone call from my wife like, hey, um, can you try to be back as early as possible in the morning? Because like I'm sick. Both the kids are six. I'm like, fuck. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go. And yeah. about an hour into the drive, I was like, man, I maybe should not have been making this drive at 11 o'clock at night. And yeah. uh, so I ended up just reaching out to Nooners. Like, hey, I'm driving. I know it's late. Like, here's my number. Call. And I uh, ended up like Gigi called out of the blue. And I ended up having like a, a conversation with her. It was so much fun. And that's when the next morning I was like, man, like there's so many fun people that I talked to that night. And just even before that, like, yeah, like we need the nooners need to have a thing going on here. So that's the story behind that. But uh, I was going to ask, got off topic there, but I was going to ask you about, um, so you did the Lonesome Dove. I think it sounds like you recommend. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, um, there is this, I, I can recommend one plate of any plate in Austin. And it look it sounds like so basic, but it's it's a slider. It's like a simple slider. It's like this big. Mm-hmm. It is made with um, elk meat okay. and foie gras. Really? <laughs> and it's pressed into a burger. Yeah, with like a blueberry compote. And I will nerd out on food on you. I know you know I'll do that. Oh, like, I love food. But it's, we'll get it's, to that. It's not gushy or anything like yeah. that. It's just the ingredients all complement each other so well. It's mostly elk, you know, you're flavoring it with the fat of the foie gras, but then you get that like nice acidity from the blueberry compote. Right. It's just a perfect blend. Huh. It's a dry slider with like just a, a simple like baked roll, kind of like kind of like a Hawaiian roll almost yeah. on it. Yep. Oh my god, dude! I would pay thirty bucks for a, a whole hamburger of that, like yeah. it, a whole like quarter pound. We were talking about it. it's like what? Where would you stop paying yeah. for? Like for the quarter pound, like fully done burger of this, and yeah. we were all like probably like thirty bucks. It's, it is, oh, it's divine, dude. Like it, it's the best plate there. But um, I got a bison ribeye, and that nice. was also really. Yeah, um, actually, we have a friend, and I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, we have a friend who owns like a 500 acre bison ranch just outside of town. No um, yeah, so we've I've had like. Yeah, I've had a bison ribeyes um, for Father's Day last year. My wife got me a, a bison brisket. Oh, what? Which even though I, I completely fucked it up, but it was still good. Brisket's not an easy thing to do. Well, but then like I know I already knew because I've done a couple briskets on like my Traeger, 
And I already oh, okay. knew that I already knew that they were it, the Traeger. Obviously, like it, it's cheating. But like, what the fuck do I care? I'm just a dude trying to make some fucking good I meat. You know? Um, the Traeger makes brisket a little easier. But okay. when I got this bison brisket, I was like online for like hours. Like, how the fuck do I cook a bison brisket? Because bison is so lean. Yeah. So I, I just winged it, and it got it got a little dried, and then, yeah. like. Fast forward like six months later, somebody I saw something. I was like, "Oh yeah, if you're gonna do a bison brisket, like, uh, put bacon over top of it so the bacon fat keeps it moist or something." Insulation, yeah. Keeping moisture in the. I was like, "Oh okay, but it's still good. It's still delicious." But uh, uh, Austin restaurants. I was looking on uh, Joe Rogan's Instagram the other day. I was gonna ask you about this. Have you heard of this sushi place he went to? I can't think of the name of it. Called Otoko. It might be. I went on their website. Is it, is it, there's four or five spots. Yeah, there's like four, four tables a night. Oh, four. It's like it's like twelve people can fit in there. Yeah, actually. So my wife took me there last year for my thirtieth birthday. I'm a huge sushi nut. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I love mm-hmm. anything. Oh, yeah, I had me and my wife in laws have the kids, and uh, so typically I'm rushing to get this thing started because I got to get the kids down. But yeah. It was like it was like. 5:45. I'm just like got everything set up. I was like, I'm gonna go pick up sushi. So we had sushi before we even came on. So yeah, man, I've been there though. Um, chef Yoshi, uh, he's huge. He's like a top-rated sushi chef in the country. Um, it's it's so it's such an enveloping experience because you go into this place and there's no windows. It's about the size of a a small hallway. And there's just a sushi counter. If you're familiar with the documentary uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, it's very similar to that. Uh, okay. It's omakase style. You're getting what the chef makes. Right. So, yeah. so it's um it's about 25 individual pieces of sushi mm-hmm. served immediately. Right. And yeah, I mean he's creative. Like he does a lot of uh, just like you'll get like probably about 15 to 18 pieces of just like solid sushi, like right. traditional. I got a bluefin tuna toro with like, you know, just a simple, Mm -hmm. simple rice and then like real raw wasabi, just like a dot of it on top. Some of the best tuna I've ever had, but then like he has some shit that's just mind blowing. Like he did this thing with a deep fried, like flash fried biddler crabs in like a wrap. It was just like, you look at it, it's just like little spiders erupting out of a seaweed wrap. But man, holy shit. Like it's some of the best food I've ever had in my life. Like, yeah, Shout out to my wife booking that one. That we booked that out. We booked that in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so like in like the summer when like shit still wasn't even open out here, and we waited about, God, we waited months and yeah. we went in 2021. It was yeah. Sick, yeah. When he posted, that, I immediately went to their website and like, oh yeah, there's like, I think they had like it's by time like every 10 minutes, but only for like an hour, you know, like they see people, and uh, yeah. They book out, I think now they're only booking out like the first of the month. They'll book out through like the end of the following month kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah, next time in cool. Austin. And I mean, it's it's pricey. I mean, I think they looked at, yeah. I think it's like, they say it's around like $170 per person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, next time in Austin, like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to round up some people and we're going to get a reservation and go do that. 
Yeah, man, grab some folks, dude. I definitely recommend it. Get the sake pairing to you. That's going to bump it up a little bit. But, like, if you're willing to drop the, like, it was a 30th birthday. Like, I'm not turning 30 again. So, like, we were like, let's just fuck it. Let's do well, it. with modern science, you never know. Hey, man. I self-identify as 30 forever now. So, <laughs> there you all go. for it. I'm, um, I'm 34 and I'll be 25 forever. So, yeah. No, I'm just, like, continuously turning 21 plus right yeah. now. Yeah. I just turned uh, 31 a couple days ago, actually. But, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> me and Dan are like a week apart. So we're uh, we're both Tauruses, if you're subscribed to astrology. I think so. I'm an Aquarius. So I'm <laughs> February. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite things I ever heard, I was in line at a bar in Gainesville, and this girl asked me what my sign was. And I was like, oh, I'm a Taurus, but I don't believe in that. She goes, so Taurus of you. I was like, fuck <laughs> off. Get out of here. I hate that. <laughs> good one. There's a good comeback. Like, yeah. knocking her. she knocked it right back. That was good. Yeah. So, uh, oh, Gigi just entered the live chat. What's up, Gigi? Oh, what's up, Gigi? Love you. And then uh, Jessica's drooling over uh, sake and sushi right now. Don't blame me. I'm going to have to go order some more after this. But yeah, so one thing about sushi, man. You can never get enough of it. Oh, dude. I mean, I could eat my weight. And yeah. some raw, and I'm all about it. What'd you get? What'd you get tonight? Uh, so I got like two. We got two specialty rolls. One of them was like a they call it like a triple tuna. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even tell you what I can't even fucking remember what's in it. Um, I just know yeah, I had avocado, which I'm not a huge fan of avocado and sushi, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll take avocado over cucumber and sushi any day of the week, but yeah, yeah, like I in rolls. That. And then uh, we yeah. got uh, a yellowtail or some yellowtail sashimi some mm-hmm. red snapper sashimi and then some uh sushi toro sashimi nice dude yeah you gotta go for that toro when you, if you get the well offer, so it's right? sushi or it's uh it's salmon toro tuna oh, toro nice. tuna toro is the like sought after one which the you cannot yeah, yeah it's always market price and you can't get it here my brother um who funny enough looks exactly like you like to the point where it's scary when i posted today on my instagram about you coming on i had like family members like who's this guy he looks like just like your brother and i was like yeah i get it like, Dude, I'll, pick. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to send you one offline but yeah. uh yeah so he's like oh he um he's i mean a certified genius and has been in like college for his entire adult life and now works for like the state department in dc so like he goes to sushi places that like I could never dream of going to. But he's like, hey, dude, if, there's that, if you ever get, if you ever have Toro, like order the Toro. So I can never find it out here. And then actually, coincidentally, on my thirtieth birthday, we went out to Omaha, which I'm sure you've probably never been to Omaha, Nebraska. It's kind of like, Almost. it's kind of like, oh yeah, what like uh, Little League World Series yeah. or something, College World yeah. Series, yeah, yeah. Um, we actually stayed right across from their new stadium when we went, but uh, it's kind of like Des Moines. If you know like where to go, it, it can be a fun place. And there's a yeah. there's a um, on their like Market Street, like the old district. There's a a cigar bar that I really love going to, so we went there. And then the next day before we left, like oh let's go get sushi for lunch, and I saw they had Toro on the menu. And yeah. it, it was like it was like oh uh, when available? I was like is there Toro available? And the guy's like, no, nah, I sold out. I was like, damn it. Like, 
really would have loved that like for my birthday and the guy's like oh it's your birthday and i was like yeah he's like we have some toro available <laughs> hell yeah that's awesome that's so sick. we ended up i don't even, i don't even know how much each order was but i ordered like 200 dollars worth of it oh wow that's, i was like just keep yeah. it coming just keep it coming keep it coming and then we're yeah. well, driving back home and it's so fatty though like yeah. about an hour afterwards like holding my steering wheel in my truck and i was like my hands aren't working correctly right yeah. now like you're very spongy it's the one thing you can get like meat sweats from fish from mm-hmm. in a weird way it's the fact i mean and that's what makes it it's so it's like biting into butter like oh, yeah. a little like this fish piece right but uh the salmon toro actually I'm, I'm glad you said that like i actually prefer salmon over uh, tuna a oh, lot yeah? of the time just because like even with like your standard salmon piece you're getting like a pretty usually if it's sushi grade it's good marbled fish yeah and it goes well with you know usually the house um what do you call it the house like uh rice sauce because like oh, yeah. every has their own like little blend that they use yep. to stick the right like the unagi sauce or whatever it is yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah, yeah typically yeah. uh as far as sashimi goes if it's just straight fish i'm a huge fan of red snapper yeah um but i like mo i like pretty much all of it you know and I'm not even like so much so like I'm not a purist. Like I do enjoy eating like anything like if there's like a the one of the places here in town does a really good like spicy tempura yeah. crab. And it's like, oh that's fun. like well it's like it's been fried it's been fried. It's like I'm like I don't and it's, it's imitation crab, it's like I don't care, it tastes good. Like fuck it. Uh, I'll tell you this, man. Um I I have my particular ways with food. I, I'm pretty like when I'm at a steakhouse, the highest I'm ordering is like medium rare or something like that. But, yep. you know, I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like, you were medium well at a steakhouse. It's like, dude, if you're paying the money, enjoy what you want to eat. Yeah. Like, don't let anyone knock you down for one. No. The, the only time I'll give somebody shit, though, is like, I'll have like a, like my sister-in-law will come over for dinner and I'll have like filets going. And she's like, I want mine well done. And I'm like, I'll cook you a hamburger. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fair joke, especially with like a cut. And here I am going to snob out. It's like, especially with a cut like filet where it's better, rarer. Yeah. Like you're rendering any fat really in a filet mignon, right? Like it's just a oh, little yeah. bit. A well Versus done filet is like a piece of charcoal, bro. Like what are you yeah. doing? Well, like with a ribeye, right? Like people are always like rare. It's like, well, you want that fat to render a little bit better to get dispersed better through the meat, right? So like it's actually better to go a little bit more medium rare. I know people that are like, big time steak aficionados that'll order a ribeye depending on the cut medium. Yeah. And it sounds like sacrilege, but it, it's a great experience, man. If the person's cooking it right. You know? Yeah. yeah. I've got a coworker that we went out to Vegas for a trade show and he ordered a steak blue, which I'd never heard of before. And I yeah. saw, I was like, dude, like has that thing even seen heat? My, uh, my grandma is who <laughs> my grandma's like this, uh, a character uh she's from pennsylvania uh, up north a little bit um kind of like that old like northeast type but um she would tell a waiter knock its horns off wipe its ass and walk it through (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. like dude i've seen her eat steaks that i'm like that didn't touch a grill what are you doing (laughs) like it's just red on the outside yeah Yeah, they waved a hair dryer over that real quick and (laughs) you know 
<laughs> yeah. No, man. I've I've ordered a steak blue one time, and it was just like a it was a really nice like wagyu fillet. Yeah. I, I want to uh, get after it. it, and it was a small piece. Like I, yeah. I think it was it was like a four or six ounce fillet. It wasn't anything crazy. So I, I was definitely like trying to budget it a little bit, yeah. but. Yeah, but also, uh, like, I couldn't take down, like, a 12-ounce blue steak. That's a lot of, yeah. pretty much raw meat. Yeah, that's side. a lot of raw meat. Like, you're yeah. you're essentially just acting like a werewolf at that point, you know? Yeah. Have you ever seen that guy that only eats raw meat? Yeah. There's Doesn't a- he also, like, ferment it as well in, in jars? Yeah. yeah. I would think you would have to just so your body could digest it easier. Otherwise, that's a lot on your digestive tract. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh, yeah, dude. If you ever get the chance, if you want to get adventurous, though, I always recommend people do this. Anytime you can get a uh, salmon roe sashimi. Yeah. Beady eggs, dude. Yep. Are you into that? Oh, yeah. Dude. It's like the nature's uh, omega-3 pill, man. But yeah. a little soy sauce on that. Mm, yep. Good. Love it. So before we move on from softcore history, two things about one of your co-hosts that I heard today as I was catching up on content I found hilarious. Rob claiming Lil Nas X is the new outcast. Oh, I ripped him for that. And then yeah. also somehow anecdotally connecting Sharon Tate's baby as a Soviet, like Cuban asset. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a, a asset for, <laughs> for counter, uh, counter intelligence for the mm-hmm. CIA to via Charles Manson. Right. So, for listeners out there, I won't give any more away. I just thought those were two things that might pique your interest to go see the, uh, go watch a couple of the latest episodes. One of them was on the Patreon. So definitely go subscribe to that and help Jake out because, you know, unemployed, he needs that five bucks. Go, go help him out. And then, uh, and then one of them I think was on the latest, just YouTube and the the audio. Yeah. Yeah. It was the RFK episode, which I had a lot of fun doing just because, uh, it's, it's zany Kennedy assassination theories. Yeah. Like uh-huh. it, from one family member to the next, it's yep. always a thing. Right? Always one. Always yeah, loved the, uh, did you ever see the mad TV sketch about like the Kennedy family, like home films? Oh no, that sounds amazing though. I, so mad TV might've been a little, like I kind of caught the tail end. Of it. Yeah, I can see that. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm a couple years older than you. And I was kind of, even I was like, it was like, it was coming down right when I was just getting to the point where I could appreciate it, you know. Yeah, I caught like the syndicated episodes on like TNN before football practice. Yeah, if that you know, you remember yeah, TNN? Yeah, oh yeah. Before it spike, yeah. yeah. Before um, a spike, and is, is it still spike, or they changed it again, or is it even still? I don't know. It was like the Man Channel for a while, yeah. I think, or yeah. something like that. But uh, yeah, no, man, I like so all I remember from Mad TV is like, what's. Well, I'm gonna do a terrible impression of that. Stewart, Stewart, yeah. Okay, I don't have no, no. Yeah, like that. That. But they no, they had some sketch where it was like, uh, oh, just released uh, home videos from the Kennedy family like holiday camcorder. You know, it was like on some like old (laughs) reel. It was always like some Kennedy family member walking in like, here comes the Christmas presents. <laughs> like, like, head blown off and just falling over. It was like, it was like, like Easter, just same thing. It's like every like family gathering, it's like somebody's just getting shot in the back of the head. Dude, it's, it's, if it's not a 
gunshot, it's a crash plane or a lobotomy, that family, if you ever want to have a fun Wikipedia rabbit hole, just click anyone with the last name Kennedy and figure I out know. how they did. Maria Shriver is probably like the last living descendant at this point, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think RFK Jr. would be... Yeah, that's probably the other one. Yeah. There's there's a bunch floating around. Oh, yeah. They got a uh, progeny out there. But, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. there's yeah your, your next show, just tracking down what they're all doing. That's like yeah. a conspiracy in itself, probably. I was about to say that might that might be more con then. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and you also, before we get into what everybody came here for, which is the bread. Yeah. Um, I know you do a little like you do stand up as well. Uh, I haven't done it in a minute. Uh, uh, really, since I've done it a couple times since the everything started opening back up. I, I think I've done it twice since then. But yeah, first in of about two or three years, I was doing a gotcha. lot of mics here in Austin. Yeah. Um, I did the funniest person in Austin competition in God, 2018. Uh, you can find it on YouTube if you want to, but, uh, I, I didn't do too hot personally. You weren't the funniest I'm assuming. I was not the funniest person in Austin yeah. that year. The guy who won was fantastic. Um, it was Enzo Preetz. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Like, uh, people have actually come out of there. Like, uh, Martha Kelly wanted, uh, introduced mukes on snl uh one fpi a couple years ago so it's it's definitely like a good feeder for uh getting some extra work if you're into that sort of thing so yeah i want to go try in front of 150 to 200 people and see how i do yeah yeah and austin's on definitely seems to be like on the come up when it comes to stand-up comedy right you've got i mean rogan obviously who's wherever rogan goes like people are just gonna follow you know, so, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. The, the reason why I brought this up was actually last night, just thinking about this, knowing you were coming on and you did a little stand up. Me and my wife tried to watch the new Cat Williams stand up special. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? I'm not a huge Cat Williams fan, man. So, like, I, I appreciate his tricks, but I haven't seen his new stuff. How was it? Um, About 12 minutes in, we turned it off and just re- watched reruns of, uh, reruns of Botched. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah. It was not. I don't. I don't know if just because Cat Williams, like his first two like big specials that blew him up, were like I was right out of high school at that point. Mm-hmm. So like maybe I've just aged out of the humor. But this seems a lot different. Like all he was doing was talking about like current political climate and COVID. Yeah, sick. I'm not. Well. Yeah, like I'm not a stand-up comedian, but even I'm like. I feel like this is just a really hacky thing to do. Uh, it's the most hack movie you can do, man. Unless you're saying a point that no one else is saying about that, for instance. Like, it's you got to be a fucking master to navigate. No, it was, it was mainly just like pointing out, like, uh, Trump's a dick on Twitter and Biden is an old man who has, cool. you know, trouble thinking. And then yeah. how COVID sucks for everybody. I was like, yeah. Yeah, you're really holding everyone to the fire there, cat. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, eh. Like, I looked over yeah. my, like, yeah, like 10 minutes and I looked over my wife. She's like, you're not liking this, are you? I was like, I'm waiting for a punchline somewhere that's going to be unique. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah again. No, man, it's rough, dude. I, it's kind of insane. I, I call it, like, the Netflix effect almost. It's like there's so much stand-up comic, comedy content that Netflix bought. I feel like they bought a lot of it sight unseen. So it's like, man, everyone's got a special now. This is insane. And it's oh, like yeah. 
comeback tours like cat lanes i guess and yeah. you know can't knock the guy I mean, he's a widely highly successful like talented person yeah. at the end of the day. i mean he knocked the, i've seen his first two specials like i think everyone's seen those oh, they yeah. are not necessarily in the cup of tea but like yeah. it's a performer at the end of the day but it's like kind of it makes you think like is, he just needs some extra coin like what's up like, yeah, he went. Yeah. He went tour. I mean, it was a it was a big theater that he had sold out. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't impressed. But anyways, moving on from that, I will say we also did watch last night uh, Christina P's new stand up comedy special. Yeah, I liked. I've seen her previous stand up stuff, and I wasn't really into it. I like her like on her podcast content and stuff with Tom. Yeah. Um, this one I found to be very funny. Um, I haven't seen the new one yet. So it's also very out. relatable because she just talks a lot about like parenting and how what a shit show that is. So I can see some people like if you don't have kids, you might not really get it. Um, oh man, I, I found I mean, it funny. It was it was pretty funny. Yeah. No, I mean I'm at the age now. Like I don't have kids yet, but um, I'm at the age where kid humor is also relatable because I have so many friends with children. Yeah. Now kids are unavoidable in my yeah. life at this. Point. Like, I, I mean. Rob and yeah. his wife. Even if you never have any of your own, you're going to be surrounded by children yeah. so much that you're going to get like these things. Like fucking Christ! Like goddamn. Yeah, I get that like contact high of just kid yeah. chaos. Yeah. Contact chaos. And I it's, guess it's fucking parents. chaos, dude. I've got two yeah. kids and now I'm moving into a bigger house in this market. <laughs> yeah. Prayers, um, bro. I pray for you, dude. It's been a nightmare. Uh, this. This wall, the foundation wall on this side of my house, does not exist right now because we had to rebuild it to sell our house. Oh damn! Because it's like a hundred-year-old house, and then getting a con. We went with a, we went with the contractor, not the lowest one, but the second lowest one, and that's been fun. But yeah. we won't get into that because we'll be here all night. But yeah. what we really want to talk about, though, as I don't know if you saw the title of today's. Show, uh, dude, what was it? It was a uh, living leavened. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, I'm here to talk about bread, man. I will talk your ear off about yeah. it. And actually, the original title I came up with was making that bread, and I was trying to find hashtags for the YouTube, and I was like, living leavened. Nope, that's a new title. So, living la- love. <laughs> I was like, living legend, living leavened, and then uh, whatever. Yeah, no, I don't know. I like. I like leaven puns more than dough or bread puns. Yes. So it's, of it's the uh, artisanal pun. It's more uh, unique, of course. You know. Yes. That's also why you got kicked out of the IDF, if I hear, you know. Yeah. Oh, man, they got so mad about that leaven bread. And if you don't get that joke, yeah. check out Software History. Software History. <laughs> I, think, I think it's they're just jealous about how delicious leaven bread is, and they're just not supposed to have it. Yeah, it's like, listen, guys, we had to run away from one pharaoh. We can start leavening our bread again, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's like but, most uh, most religions outside of Christianity liking pork, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on. Oh, the the great Jewish dilemma, uh, free bacon. But you know, anyway. But it's, oh, you haven't free, heard that. oh, <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, Wait, what's free bacon? Oh, never mind. I, it took me a second to catch up on that one. But, no, we invented all the Jewish jokes. Actually, it's the thing a lot of people don't realize is like most Jewish jokes. <laughs> well, isn't that like a Seinfeld bit on the show? Like I'm sure man. Brian Brian Cranston, the dentist, like converts to Judaism for the jokes or something like that. <laughs> I can see that. I haven't watched Seinfeld in so long, man. I'm actually still catching up on Curb. 
which is yeah. a joy. In your, in your, uh, real quick, in your, uh, in your unemployed solitude, you catch up on uh, season four of Stranger Things. I'm currently, I'm on episode. I think I have 40 minutes left on episode four. After this, me and my wife are locking down. And yeah. Getting through a Dude, it's so. Uh, it's I like it so far, man. I like it. Well, it's like dark. after yeah, after like the first episode was like interesting. After the second episode, I was like, this is dark but awesome. I love that stuff, dude. Oh. I love a uh, dark sci-fi, dark uh, fantasy. Like, um, I mean, I don't get into it a lot on, and we'll get to Brad in a second. Don't you worry. But like, I grew up um, kind of like I don't know how I got into it. I got really into like darker films pretty early. Like, um, I just started watching like one of my the one movie I wanted to see. I think when I was like nine years old, I was like I was begging to see The Shining. Like, no, I wanted to see The Shining so bad. So I got into, like, Kubrick. And, oh, I thought you were going to say, like, 8mm or something like that. Oh, God. No, I, I mean, love 8mm. The, um, the Cage movie about yeah. snuff film? Yeah. I love, I love that flick. With Gandolfini? Good, yeah. Oh, dude. Gandolfini's always a great piece of shit. Uh, we talk about Killing Them Softly, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was such a good movie. But, yeah, and then, like, I got really into David Lynch and more just, like, weird macabre shit so mm-hmm. yeah anytime like a, a show like stranger things where you have the camp of the 80s but they can put a real dark undertone to it I, it, it just kicks me right to god i'm like i'm gonna watch all of it as fast as oh, i yeah. can yeah so we all been waiting yeah how did you start making sourdough bread i know you know uh, the way any white dude in his 30s started making sourdough bread man like uh having nothing else to do in between work things yeah. during the pandemic right like uh i uh i was doing uh at the time i know you got your shirt on i was doing customer i was managing the customer experience mm-hmm. department for the chive yeah kcco dude i funny story it it i had a break signing off my emails kcco from all the emails i'd respond to customers with like i I would instinctively sign off on my personal emails like that's that's on that because I was you know yeah yeah so um yeah but like you know things would come in waves and then I'd have like two hours of downtime and I was at home so I got a culture uh, a starter from a local bakery here called Easy Tiger which uh, if you haven't been there yet next time you come through hit me up we'll go grab some yeah for sure. I'll make you some too. I tried to last time you're here and it sucked. So I didn't give it to you. I'm not going to give you a brick, but um, yeah, man. So I got their starter, just kind of started following the, the general recipe. It was kind of an easy, um, make some easy to deal with sourdough at home. And I got kind of hooked on just the process of it. Yeah. And have a hobby that would take me, you know, essentially 72 hours to complete mm-hmm. one time. And it was, it was very process oriented. I, you know, I consider myself pretty creative, but I love constraints and boundary and like right. recipes and following. It, it's it, it's a deviation from the norm for me, where you know it's generally like a boundless, like whatever you can think you do right. kind of thing. Whereas creativity with food, especially baking, like with food, you can kind of zhuzh up anything how you want it. You mm-hmm. can throw salt or garlic. Yeah, or which is like, which is exactly why I enjoy cooking. I cannot yeah. stand baking because like if I fuck up cooking, I can, I can fix it. Yeah. If you fuck up baking. Like it's just fuck. You're fucked. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, and it's, it's a little chemistry project inside of the skin of a loaf. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I love cooking as well. I, I cook quite a bit 
here at home. So does my wife. We're, we're very blessed to be from backgrounds of people that cook a lot. So mm-hmm. we really enjoy it. But I just like we got like this pastry box and like bread box one day from Easy Tiger. It's like I want to make this shit. Like I see yeah. people making it, and I got hooked. I have a industrial strength bread mix like stand mixer now mm-hmm. in my kitchen. Uh, I have the one with like the higher horsepower, so it doesn't burn out from yeah. not just giant wads of sourdough. It's not bread. that normal KitchenAid. It's the big one. No, no, it's that artisan. That, uh, I forget what it's even called. I don't know, but it's like it only comes in silver or black. Yeah, it's like we're not making you fun colors. This is for work. Yeah. you know. Yeah, but, this uh, is World War II tech, bro. This, yeah. this was this was driving tanks. Yeah, dude. This was uh what was in the fighter pilots, man. So respect but uh yeah man so uh obviously no one got mad about me making a fuck ton of delicious bread every yeah oh i love sourdough yeah dude and that's that's kind of like the the gold standard of like making really good bread right if you can knock a sourdough out right yeah which is a very finicky thing to do because like i've been making i've probably made you know between like 200 and 300 loaves at this point and I would say I'm happy, like truly happy with like 20 of them, like 10% of the lows I make everything else. And again, whether it's comedy or the podcast or anything like that, right. anytime creating something, you're your own worst critic. I have people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is brilliant. Like, right. well, the crumb could be a little bit more right. open. The yeah. dough could be a little bit more moisturized. Right. Mm-hmm. And that takes pride in what they do. The sriracha you. couldn't have fucked up the whole thing. And that's the thing. You asked me about a sriracha loaf, and I was like, yeah, I want to try that. And I kind of looked into it. And I didn't think about it. So with sourdough, one of the things you're doing is you're allowing the dough to ferment. The starter is fermented. Right. But you move that starter into a larger conglomerate of totally raw flour and water, and you're Mm -hmm. letting it ferment in altogether. But uh, so we're in Texas in Austin and it's a little bit more humid. So a lot of the uh, the recipes you see are from like old world kind of like proportions where people are baking in Italy and right. it's, it's more arid and dry. Um, and it's it's fairly dry here compared to where I'm from in Florida. But as far as like actual atmosphere, right, humid moisture, it's still very wet. So you have to be careful and like kind of taper down your water inclusion so that you're not getting like a really moist and runny mm-hmm. dough. And I do that now. I, I lower the uh, hydration percentage, but I wasn't thinking about it when I was adding the sriracha. The sriracha is liquid. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I had actually bumped the moisture up like really high. So I basically made like a flat, like instead of like a nice round loaf, it was like this. It was like a hockey puck. It was, it still tasted all right, but like it's not something I'm going to give to somebody. Right. Like, Wonder like, like, could you, could you take it like, uh, bacon into like croutons, spicy sourdough croutons. Basically, what I do with any loaf I don't like is I'll cut it into like either thicker slices mm-hmm. and then those for like a like like just something to dip in like a soup or right, something yeah. like. That. Or I'll cut it thin, do like a crostini, or I'll do a crouton. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with that either, man. I just make the salads real good when yeah. I have to do croutons. Yeah. So. So your reasoning behind getting into bread making, like essentially it was either going to be making bread, brewing beer, yeah. or, or woodworking. Yeah, yeah. I Probably not woodworking, man. Every time I, 
I, my dad's the same way. He's worked with his hands his whole life, but he's covered in nicks and cuts and scars on his hand. Like I've almost cut off my fingers a couple times. So I, I'm very lucky to have all my digits, but yeah, I wasn't going to take that one on. Um, so yeah, it was very much going to be something that I could consume because yeah. I'm bored, bored drinking out of my mind as well. Um, and I figured I might as well have something that can at least contribute to the dinner table every night in some form or fashion and like make sandwiches and stuff. And it was, it, it just turned into a real passion to just be able to make something from three, three simple ingredients and salt and flour and water. And that's it. Yeah. And to turn it into something more complex and get more into it. I mean, like I, I saw you actually uh, posted two of my favorite loaves on yeah. the uh, Instagram post, man. Like, starting to even get into the scoring and how you like season the crust and things like that. It's just, I feel like such a dork and nerd when I talk about it. I was like, I don't care. I'm 31. I don't give a shit anymore. Like, this is what I'm about. I want to make that. I want to make some good tasting food yeah. and like share it with my friends, man. You're about making that bread, son. That bread. I, people have talked to me about selling it before. Cause I, I would bring it into the tribe to like, just give to people mm-hmm. in the morning. Sometimes if I had extra loaves, it would be like, I would pay like, 10 bucks for this loaf of bread. I'm like, as soon as you're going to time money to this, nah, it's not fun. Then you get stressed. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. like, man, cause if I fuck up a loaf, I'm baking for somebody for money. I've done it one time. It turned out all right. But like, it wasn't to my liking as much as I would have liked. I felt bad taking their money. It's like, that's where I'm going to start wavering. Yeah. Maybe one day, maybe one day you hit up like the farmer's market or something selling your bread. Yeah, man, that could be it too. Like I actually, during this fun employment period, easy tiger does have a overnight baking job. They're like, you don't need prior uh, commercial baking experience. Like if you have a passion for bread making, but then I was like, I saw what the pay was. I was like, no, thanks. Yeah, to, stay, <laughs> to stay up all night. No, yeah. 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 No, bro. I'm good. I'll be an overnight baker at Duncan's or voodoo's. Yeah, the fry, bro. Oh, voodoo's legit. Yeah. I love me. Some yeah. We went in there, me and, uh, me and Holly D, one of the listeners, went in there. And last time we were in Austin one morning, and uh, donuts are dope. It was full of homeless people, though. Oh, yeah, it's on 6th. Yeah. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, they have an armed guard out front of there now. Yeah, I've heard, like, in the, at night. like you know. No, in the day, dude. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I was running the um, after-party space for Moon Tower Comedy Festival um, before I was no longer there. Right. And... Uh, so I'd have to go get like a couple donut, like rounds of donuts, like not rounds, we call a couple dozens of donuts, yeah, yeah. pick them up, like for put them in the fridge for the later that night. But I'd go there at like four o'clock in the afternoon. There'd be like dude with a gun, like just chilling, like bolt, like I don't know if it was a, like a bulletproof vest or not, but he was like tacked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, they are like, good donuts. Wow. They need to be protected. They are good. Yeah. They have a maple bar there where it's like a maple glaze with a, mm-hmm. a piece of candied bacon on top. So you're making me hungry. I'm going to have to go fucking order some more food now. But yeah. yeah, we can talk. We can talk endlessly. We'll have to definitely have to get you back on again here soon. But uh, thanks for joining us, man. We're going to wrap this up. Um, okay. Everybody knows, you know, everybody listening already knows, but I got to say it every time. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Go find Nooner Nation podcast on uh, iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and or, uh, you know subscribe there on iTunes. Five star review. Leave a quick little review. Even uh, my big thing is even you want to say I sound like Tiger Woods with a sinus infection. Just leave that. <laughs> I don't care. Just write something. 
Nice. Yeah. Um, so, and now you can you can review on Spotify now. So, go okay. do that as well. Yeah. That's how out of touch I am with the social aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, I do have a sponsor. So, go check out uh, repcps.com. I don't know. Are you familiar with them, Jake? I'm not actually. What are they? So, CP Rep CPS CPS is a college peep show. Okay. You, I bet you are familiar with them. Have you ever seen a hat that has a big uh, patch on it that says, show me that butthole? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's I them. Oh, okay, got yeah, it. That's them. Okay. So, uh, like, I've got one here kind of off screen, but, like, they sent me this beanie, free hugs and butt plugs. Oh, my God. Um, look at my hat I'm wearing right now. Skinny dips and bong rips. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. I like to go so, that one. yep. Go to repcps.com. Use promo code Nooners. You get 10% off. You're helping. I've had the owner on the show before. Really cool guy, Midwest guy who just happened to think it'd be funny to say, show me that butthole on a hat. And now he's got an entire business <laughs> about it. So, nice, dude. dope dude. Go help him out. Help out the show. Um, moving soon. I've actually got, because everybody's been buying so many of these hats with my promo code, I've actually got some plans to build a pretty cool set in the new house. So, that's going to help out even though mine's already pretty cool i've got i don't know if you noticed i've got like all the nickelodeon characters going on and then uh heat i don't know if you're familiar with the movie heat yeah dude for sure one of the greatest gun fight heist scenes ever ever i think uh last i knew like the fbi actually used that scene as like a training tool because it was so realistic on what like actually trained bank robbers would be like coming out of a bank yeah just like especially if they know what they're doing yeah. and like actual use of cover fire in that situation stuff like that it's yeah it's if you haven't seen heat please go watch heat it's long but it's worth it oh we're, and also i actually brought this up on drinking bros yesterday in their live chat and they shouted it out maybe one of the greatest casts ever assembled Oh, dude, for sure. Somebody yeah. brought up, I think maybe even Rob or Giorgio said Ocean's Eleven. Good cast, but that cast was cast off a sex appeal. And I love Ocean's Eleven. Not oh, knocking it. But, man, you got like, he got De Niro, Pacino, Kilmer, Ashley Judd, John yeah. Voight, uh, a whole bunch, like a whole handful of like, oh, that guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of character actors. Tom yeah. Sizemore. Danny Trejo. God, I need to rewatch Heat. I haven't seen Heat in years. I'm gonna have to watch that again, honestly. It's my it's my airplane. It's my go to airplane movie. I have it like downloaded yeah, on my phone it. whenever I'm on a phone. Uh, whenever I'm on an airplane, watching yeah. Heat. That's I used awesome. to watch um, like 13 Hours or American Sniper a lot. And then I was like, I noticed I always got sat down next to somebody that I was kind of uncomfortable watching that beside. So I was like, ah, eh. <laughs> no, but everybody loves Heat. So yeah. But yeah, before you get off of here, man, plug all your stuff. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can um, obviously check out Softcore History if you haven't. That's on Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we have a YouTube channel as well if you want to like watch along with the episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing I want to plug. You can go to softcorehistory.com. We have some merch as well if you want to check that out. But, Dope you know, merch, by the fun. way. Oh, thanks, man. I yeah, love Dan the Topsy the Elephant shirt. Dan, yeah. Dan got that one all taken care of. And then the uh, Two Irish to Die. Also, yeah. Mike Malloy, check out that episode, actually. If I could tell anyone to start with an episode, it would be Mike Malloy, the Unkillable Irish Hobo episode. 
Yeah. That's a pretty good uh, kind of like just total episode of ours where we're riffing really hard and it's a perfect topic of just an insane person or uh, actually Rob's most recent episode on um, Tara Hong. Uh, Tara Hong Clete or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the earliest. Yeah. I think I even like, I even posted that. I was like, this is like the most metal history. Like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But uh, yeah, check that out and you can find me anywhere uh, at JW Goldman across all social media. So, Cool, yeah, man. man, I appreciate having me on, dude. This has been a really fun time, and I uh, I can't thank y'all enough for doing this. And yeah, y'all are man, you're doing awesome stuff here. Awesome, thanks, man. And also, don't forget, you have a Patreon. So if you like oh, what, yeah. if you haven't listened to Softcore yet, and you go listen to it, and you like what, or if you are already are listening, the content on their your Patreon is well worth the five bucks a month. It's hilarious. The game show you talk about is hilarious. The watch-alongs are great. Yeah. We're doing another one in, like, I think two weeks. So we'll have another one coming up soon. Nice. Uh, yeah, we always we always got to get the times down and keep enough distance between them for us to recuperate. We, we right. drink a lot. So, yeah. yeah, so do I. But, um, yeah. Oh, this came up in the live. Well, a couple – we'll get some shout-outs for the live chat because we've been, we've been gabbing. We haven't interacted with the live people. But real quick, uh, our girl Gigi – you know, saying uh, Nooners are best, better than the Royals. I would agree with that. As a, uh, I'm an Anglo-American, as is Gigi. So we, we we like to talk shit about the Empire all the time. Oh, good, good, good. Um, either for or against, depending on the situation. You sure, know? you got to yeah. ride that fence, yeah. You know, we talk about like Russia. If Russia had been part of the Empire, they wouldn't be acting this way. Um, oh, totally. totally. You know, but um, also Reed White. Um, brings up a point. I'm not sure if you're aware, but here on the Nooner Nation and Nooners everywhere, ranch is referred to as Eagle's milk. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and but Reed White says ranch is for kids. Are you a ranch or blue cheese, dude? Oh, uh, if I had to pick, I'm going blue cheese. God damn it! Even a- even after. Now stuck in your head that ranch is eagle's milk. I'm gonna use that forever, but yeah, if I got some buffalo wings in front of me, man, I'm going, I'm going blue all day. I like curly fries and blue cheese too. God damn it! God damn it! Actually, well, I was a, uh, I was just in, um, I was just in Erie, Pennsylvania for work, and a nooner Matt, who's a American Rustic, works in the live chat. He lives in Buffalo, and he drove down. We had dinner one night, and he had like we had a bunch of drinks and he ended up staying in the hotel and stuff. But, uh, I knew since he was Buffalo just to piss him off, we went out to dinner and I ordered boneless wings <laughs> with ranch. Yeah. Some chicken nuggets with dipping sauce. Oh, I know what they are. They're fancy nuggets, but you know, oh, whatever to each their own, to each their own. Well, dude, thanks again for coming on. It's been a blast. Yeah. We'll definitely have to get you back on. Um, maybe when you start, you know, living leavened, your uh your your bakery shop in in Austin. There we go. Yeah, if uh if I start it, I'll uh I'll give you the nod if I use the name. Live and Levin. Yeah, it'd work. I think it could work. Yeah, man. Thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure, dude. Cool. Really appreciate. It. And uh oh, someone just popped up in front of my little button to kill the podcast. But there we go. Oh, but again, self-produced. I don't have a Giorgio <laughs> to fix these things. But anyways, again. Go check out Nooner Nation everywhere. Like and subscribe. Go find Softcore History. 
like and subscribe. It's been a fun night, Jake. Thanks again. Good night. You got it. You too, dude. Take it easy.